It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio. When people want to make up false stories about people calling me, calling someone during the week and them hanging up on me, I just think, I mean, people trying to get Twitter hits or things like that and make themselves significant when shit doesn't happen. No, I never called McCoy this week. But the, the thing was the Inquirer, is that you? We have made it to episode number 135, and uh, just uh, just like everything else, Chip didn't hold back, and the Eagles didn't hold back yesterday, and uh, we're here for another victory show. I, it is a, I believe that is what they call a winning streak. I have to look that up, but I believe two games uh, might be considered a winning streak as we're joined by, by the Philly influencer himself. Uh, of course, you can catch us uh, most of the time now, now that we've gotten the band back together over at Philly Influencer dot com it's mr sean brace john what's happening man how are you oh john this feels great you're exactly right after winning two games in a row we got a whole new season in front of us right now i'm excited to talk about what just took place at yesterday's game at the link uh yeah and, and plenty phone calls i think we have about 10 of them in there so if we don't get to every single one of them we're very sorry but we'll try and get you uh definitely on the next show as uh, you're gonna look to arizona which is gonna be a huge test and we'll probably talk about that a little bit here but sean let's just talk about this game first that we all thought it was going to be close, and everything just kind of leading up to it was, you know, a lot of drama with McCoy. With I know a lot of people were sick of it this week. We kept talking about it. Uh, even on Sunday, there was DeMarco Murray drama, and I got I to gotta rip Albert Breer, and I got to rip, you know, Ian Rappaport here, man. I mean, like, we when we went on the air on Sunday morning, we were ready to just be like, oh, my God, this is, this is a, a terrible. They're going to keep four active running backs, or what are they doing? You know, are they going to? Uh, Kraus is inactive like this is this is kind of nuts and then they all end up getting the same carry so it was basically the same game plan as before it was just Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles getting the workload early and then they shifted it over uh still for the most part I thought the running game was still pretty ineffective I think Sam Bradford did a did a great job yesterday of trying to get the you know some of that scoring going uh but I think that's kind of still what held them back but yeah that whole thing 
leading up to it was was very nuts, Sean. And uh, I don't know. I know you. I know you guys uh, have uh, a lot of lot of traffic right now over at the website just based on Chip Kelly's comments after the game. But yeah, what was your reaction to kind of all that, and then what ended up playing out in the uh, in the game yesterday? Yeah, pregame, it was amazing because you saw all these reports, including one that DeMarco Murray, and I think that was the Ian Rapp reports from NFL.com, that DeMarco was buying a house in Texas, and and then he, oh, he's the fourth back on a depth chart like he just touched on. And it just was like, I, I didn't really have a problem if DeMarco Murray was going to be the fourth back uh, on the depth chart, if Chip Kelly was going to use him like that, because I thought Kenyon Barner and Darren Sproles and Ryan Matthews deserved to get their touches. And this is desperation mode. You have to win these football games. And I thought that they showed you enough in that New England game that you would go back to the hot hand in the dice game. But to Chip Kelly's credit, to maybe DeMarco Murray and him, that when they got together in that room and he said, okay, you want the touches, big dog? I'm going to feed you. You're going to get your you're going to get your touches in this game. Let's see what you can do. We're not going to go away from you. He had 11 carries. Um, I'm not too sure about how many catches out of the backfield DeMarco had, but uh, oh, he had two catches out of the backfield. He was targeted two times. So, look, I mean, they didn't just push him off and say, no, you're done. Bottom line is he was the second back out there. So both. Well, I don't know if he did building a house in Dallas. I don't really care about that. But bottom line is with him getting in there second after Matthews to start the game, I, I think that was a false report. That, that was untrue. <laughs> yeah, and it just got crazier and crazier. McLean was getting a lot of heat. After when that's what we heard too, because he had mentioned in there, and Ian Rappaport had even linked that in there, and it said that yeah, it looks like Chip tried to call him this week. He hung up when he identified himself. That became another thing, and I and like at that point, I was just like, this, I've had enough. Like I've had enough already. Like let's move on to the football game. We could. It was so hard to try and get there yesterday, and it finally happened. And even and John Gonzalez tweeted this out yesterday too, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Stephen A. Smith even chimed in on this thing. Like, see, this is this is why players, uh, you know, uh, come up to me. He's like, oh, here's the full quote. Uh, I got stopped on the streets of Philadelphia by members of the Philadelphia Eagles who took the liberty of telling me how uncomfortable they were with Chip Kelly because the manner in which he was treating him. They felt like somebody they couldn't talk. He was somebody he couldn't talk to. They felt like he was somebody they couldn't relate to and refused to relate to them. And they felt somebody. He just went on and on about this whole thing. And then John Gonzalez was just like, so let me get this straight. He's some random. You were just wandering around in the streets of Philadelphia. Some random Eagles players would happen to be there at the same time. Then they stopped you to tell you how Chip Kelly, you know, they, how they couldn't relate to him. And just like all this, <laughs> all this stuff that kept happening around here. So it was to me. Him saying that, you know, are you with the Inquirer and, and ripping him for trying to be a tabloid? And I think that I, whether that's true or not, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Jeff Sources. Uh, you know, he's he's closer to the team than than I am or probably Sean is. But that is, uh, I don't know. That's, that's almost irresponsible. I would say the whole package. The whole package from yesterday. Marshall Falk was in that, too. So for two hours, there was basically like this, Chip Kelly sucks. And DeMarco Murray and th- this whole thing sucks. And then it just, the, the the only thing that made it better was was the win and everybody playing well and Chip Kelly just dropping the mic at, at the end yesterday. And that, I mean, that's how I felt. I, I finally, it wasn't, I was only able to listen to it live or watch the replay. And it was, man, I mean, that, that it made you feel good. Like maybe things weren't perfect, but that looked good. It looked solid with the exception of, Probably the Brent Selleck interception, which was really crazy, and I thought that was like a perfectly placed ball, really good by the DB, kind of a no-no on Selleck there, and the refs for calling that an interception. I still don't know how that happened, but 
overall, just a it was a good team win, and uh, they won a close game. And those things are important with the with the last four games here, and now with the last three here, Sean. Yeah, I I totally agree, and I would just say that um, Sam Bradford. First things first, Sam Bradford looks a hell of a lot more comfortable right now, and and rightfully so. I, I mean, when you have a couple games underneath your belt, and you you, you know it was his first season with Chip Kelly, things were definitely changing for Sam Bradford. I don't care how long he's been playing football at the quarterback position, so he looks like he's coming into his own right now. This was an important game, like I said, it's all about the win right now. They are a desperate football team. Three games left. Every one of them is winnable. They have to win these games. Tremendous game. I thought it was going to be a high-scoring affair after they both teams just come out and it was 7-7 quick in the first quarter. And then all of a sudden they kind of figured each other out. A couple drives stalled and um, you know it's, it's slowed down just a little bit. But a great, great team victory for the Eagles and the fans that were down there at the link after a a couple bad, god-awful performances at the link, including the Dolphins and Tampa Bay Bucks. But we don't need to go down that road. We're talking about a victory today. Yeah, and that's what, um, you know, as much as the other one, you know, Dallas felt good because it was a team win. It kind of feels like that, but they, they really needed to rattle off two in a row. And they rattled them off against two two teams that they probably had no business beating as far as, like, talent goes. Walking into Foxborough, the Bills come out here. Yeah, they have their faults, but they should... Again, I think I feel like we say that every year against with the Bills. Anyway, I mean, if you look at their their regular, I think Tip Graham had actually even tweeted that out that they've had they've been under five hundred ever since uh, Wade Phillips had been fired. So uh, it, it's just, and, and it's the same thing. Like they they should have Sammy Watkins that opening touchdown where you know Maxwell didn't really bump him, and then and Ed Reynolds didn't get over there quick enough, and you're just like, ah oh, man, this it is going to be one of those games. This is going to be an issue and a problem. Uh, but it really, it, it didn't end up being that way. That muff punt, Sam Bradford with it, finally, finally Nelson Aguilar scores a touchdown on a deep play. And they were actually testing out that secondary, which I think was a good thing. But I also want to point out for as much as we bitched about throwing short of the sticks and a bunch of other things, it didn't really help anything. <laughs> you know, the, the penalty calls weren't, weren't, uh, weren't there. There was no PI calls. There was no, uh, it didn't help their running game. Like the threat of throwing deep. Really didn't change the dynamics of the offense other than it was a bad secondary and it was good to kind of go and test that out. So I think that was important to see. And just like you said, with Sam Bradford and his confidence, Chip even hinted at it today uh, that you're, I mean, I kind of expected it all along. It's not really a big surprise, but I think some of the people are going to be shocked. And I think a lot of the outsiders will be shocked when Sam Bradford gets an extension this year. And I, I don't think that as uh, I don't think it's now as crazy as it was even a couple of weeks ago. It's amazing how reactive everybody has been, Sean. Like we went from uh, this guy, Chip Kelly, get him out of here. Get this. This needs to be out and gone. Now they're in, uh, the, you know, uh, tied in the division. Still, they're winning football games. They look like they're starting to come around a little bit here. Uh, but I, I at this point, I'm fine with the more incentive based the contract is. Obviously, the better I'm going to feel about it, and I think everybody will feel about it. But I'm okay with a three- or four-year deal here. You know, I think that it's important to have, yes, I think there's better out there in the league. Yes, I think you can draft somebody that might come along and unseat Sam Bradford. Yes, the health risk is still going to be there. But just to have the consistency back, and if he can grow, keep growing from this, I, I don't think that's a fallacy. I don't think this is fool's gold or, or, or anything. This is starting to see... You know, the St. Louis Sam Bradford finally kind of turn around here and be in an offense that he's comfortable with, not having to worry about his knee. Um, to me, that's that's what happened. I mean, other than the the crazy 
you know, bad sack towards the end of the game, which everybody thought was going to be a loss after that. I think that's, I, I, I think you found your guy for a couple of years until something better comes along. Yeah, and the sack was interesting because I think he, the clock, and they still haven't talked about it, but I think he thought in his mind that, you know, the clock wasn't running. He just lost track of the fact that it was going to be a two-minute warning, so he was going to stop right then and there. So I, I understand it. Get rid of the football. You lost 15 yards. Good good thing that the Eagles do have a good punter in Donnie Jones. He punted his ass off again uh, yesterday. So, you know, it's a good thing that they did have it, so the 15 yards wasn't a huge, huge loss. But bottom line is Sam Bradford, I, I'm going to read you a tweet, and this is from a guy by the name of Brandon Lee Gowan. Maybe you've heard of him. I don't know. He's, Maybe yeah, he's yeah. a He's a good follow. Um, he put out the Sam Bradford's last four starts with the Eagles, 80 for 123. That's good for 65% completion percentage, 898 yards, uh, five touchdowns, one interception for 96.9 rating. That's pretty damn good. So, uh, look, Sam Bradford has earned it. Uh, you'd give me a, a better option. Who else is out there that's catching your eye? Who do you want? Because I do know this. Sanchez is your backup. He's here for another year. Who's your starter? Who are we talking about? And I don't think just because you bring back Sam Bradford doesn't mean all of a sudden you can't draft a guy in the late rounds. I don't think that that's how it's going to play out or take a shot on somebody that's floating around the league right now. But uh, I want Sam Bradford to come back. Um, I think he's earned it. And I'm even saying that before these last three starts, before this previous game against the Buffalo Bills, I was saying these four games are extremely, extremely important for the Eagles organization, meaning with what are they going to do with Sam Bradford? But I think we've seen enough. He is the real deal. I would like to see the Eagles make have him come back as a starting quarterback for next season. Yeah, I think the things that impress me the most, obviously you're going to see those splash plays on vines and in gifs and, or excuse me, gifs. I fucking hate that it's, who, who, who does that? Inventor of the, the gif? You know, that is a G in front, you son of a bitch. Uh, but the, um, the, uh, the thing that impressed me the most, uh, and granted, the, it, it got a little crazy after the, the, the two-minute drill, Again, some of those throws made me go, wow, there it is. There it is. Those throws to the sidelines, which are needled through. There, that's what I'm talking about. It's right there. Uh, when, you know, Cooper caught it, uh, a pretty open pass, and then his knee went down, tried to get the sideline. There was a whole bunch of crazy stuff going on there. Other than that whole sequence, that's where I started to see him back even better than before. Uh, I still think Carolina is still his best game overall. But that was that to me was very consistent and he, and started to show me, uh, you know, that again, just like I was saying, like those reformed throws again, like there's there's the confidence that's building. I can throw to those guys on the outside. And, you know, again, Brent Selleck holds on to that ball uh, and Zacherts doesn't drop that like short little shovel pass on third and seven on like, you know. Uh, going in there, I, th- I think we're talking about a couple of different scenarios here. We're like, wow, Sam Bradford's numbers are really, really impressive. So I, I think he actually played better than the numbers actually showed, and I, I definitely do want him in here. The other guy that was very impressive yesterday, who, you know, again, Brian Baldinger, I love you, buddy, but the, you know, can't play corner thing that can, can, came out here, and Eric Lowe looks like a freaking stud. And it's ever since he's taken over this thing, ever since he's gotten the mind, mindset of being a starter, I think that's a that was a great problem to have with Nolan Carroll coming out and winning the winning the job. There took some time to develop him, which he definitely needed. And your thoughts on Eric Rowe here, Sean? Because I I think if you bring both of these guys back, uh, or I mean Rowe's going to be here, but uh, you bring Carroll back here, uh, I, I think that's a tandem that you would have to st- uh, you know stick with and. I, I was just very, very impressed with Eric Rowe yesterday. 
Yeah, you know, and and Baldy, like you said, we, we got no love for Baldy, but Baldy sometimes gets caught up in the moment. I heard him say Mike Glennon two years ago is the next coming of Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> he told me Aaron Murray was going to be Drew Brees. Uh, you know, so he, he look, he gets caught up in the moment. He, when you talk for a living, you're not going to be 100 percent right. I don't know why Baldy would say something like that about Eric Rowe, because I, I caution people and I don't care what player we're talking about. I caution people when they start talking about rookies. You just don't know what you're going to get when, when you're talking about one season. And hell, we're not even talking about a full complete season here with Eric Rowe. Rookie, come on, and especially at that position, cornerback, he's going to get beat. He has the intangibles to play that position. I don't understand why everyone was talking about the hips and, you know, the leg work and what does he have the mind? It's like, well, just give the kid a chance to play. And don't tell me about when he had the opportunity to go one-on-one with Calvin Johnson and he couldn't <laughs> stop him. I don't want to hear about that either. Look, Eric Rowe has stepped up. They needed him to step up. This is the ultimate next man up type of scenario, type of story. Nolan Carroll goes down with that broken foot. You had to have somebody step up and solidify that cornerback position. Eric Rowe was drafted to be that guy right now he's doing it so i like what i'm seeing so far i know if you really dig inside the numbers there were some tweets that were floating around on social media yesterday that you can really dive into sink your teeth into bottom line is trust your eyes eric rowe you're not hearing his name called out right that's a good thing when we start talking about defensive backs we don't want to hear their names not hearing his name he's making the plays that he needs to make he's even knocking people down when he has the opportunity to hit him with the truck stick I like what I'm seeing from the Rook. I want to see more of it. Yeah, and it's again, it's all a small sample size, but I think quarterbacks against him right now are, you know, whatever, 50, 50 court, uh, QBR, somewhere around there. I know that doesn't mean much. That's always, you're still going to see those rookie mistakes probably show up in the next couple of games. Uh, you know, there's there's times where uh, too much cushion to try and get back to wide receiver. Saw that once or twice. But again, just th- this is what I go back to about the evaluation of talent with Bradford, with Rowe. And Jordan Hicks, which I know a lot of people are missing right now, and I'm sure there's a couple of phone calls about that. Uh, so that to me, that to me signifies that still Chip Kelly being the GM as far as evaluating in the draft isn't so bad. We're, we still got to check on Nelson Aguilar. At least he's not dead, you know. <laughs> so that, it, that's an important thing. Got to get some things. Obviously, have to get some things worked out as far as free agency and how that rolls out, signing players, et cetera, et cetera. It, you know. I, I, that's why I still firmly believe that this is this is could be a, a build of a really great football team. It just needs maybe one or two more draft classes to really kind of get there and, and find those special players. And speaking of special players, that we have we've made it almost twenty minutes into this podcast, Sean. We have not talked about how dominant Fletcher Cox was again yesterday. I know that Shay, I know that he was. I mean, he's the poster child for that game yesterday with him just planting Shady late and just grabbing him down, shoving him down, and and a great work by the front seven altogether. Um, you know, I as much as people want to get on Kendricks and Kiko, and they look, they showed their asses a couple of times uh, last, you know, yesterday. Um, I still thought they had a pretty solid game. I wouldn't say bad game. Uh, I know a bunch of people probably disagree with that, but holding Shady to eleven yards in the second half is exactly what you needed to do. Um, and it's just it's always in the Eagles' game plan here. It's something we talked about in the preview pod. And it, you just need to be that way. That's how you. That's how you eliminate I, that. Would, that to me was still their their best weapon. You hold him under a hundred yards. He still had a hundred plus in in touches and from the you know from passing and all of that thing. But you know again, Fletcher Cox is is such an important piece of this defense that it 
it, it changes it out. You saw where, you know, Bo Allen and, and Benny Logan came in there for a couple of series, and it just wasn't the same. Fletcher Cox is is a dominant, and I, I'll say it, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, man. I mean, there is there is no joke about this guy. He is, as long as he stays healthy and keeps doing what he's doing, no one is going to be able to block him in a couple of years. Yeah, he's incredible. He's absolutely incredible. What's his name? Mandog? Is that what he Man is? Mandog. Yeah, Mandog. Right. Yeah, two quotes from yesterday. Number one is uh, Richie Incognito, who's playing really, really well for the Buffalo Bills, said he ate his lunch. That's exactly <laughs> what he said. He said it really shows up on film, and he made a lot of plays. I got to see it firsthand. He got me early enough, and he ate my lunch. And then the second one was Rex Ryan. Um, who's about as pompous as it gets, even though they lost, he still wanted to beat the chess go, well, they're not the 85 Bears out there. But he did say, you know, I was laughing when I heard people comparing Fletcher Cox to the late Jerome Brown before Sunday's game. But he said, after the game, I'm not laughing now. Fletcher Cox was in that backfield. Fletcher Cox was just, you can't block him one-on-one. You can't. And if you do, if you try to, you're doing your your quarterback a disservice or your run game a disservice because he was constantly in that backfield like we saw yesterday, chasing down Shady. And then I love the fact of even like messing with Shady. You know, he pushed him down. They they almost uh, Shady slapped him back, and I'm sure there was a lot of that going on because I mean, how many how many years are these guys going head to head in practice? But uh, Fletcher Cox then on the next play comes up and tackles him and then picks him right back up. You know, just to show you, like, dude, you know, I, I was messing with you, but I'm still the look how much bigger I am. I mean, he <laughs> literally just grabbed them by jersey and picked them right up and chased them around and and, and just had a fun day at the ballpark, shutting down the, the Buffalo Bills offense. So what else can you say about Fletcher Cox? I mean, he is the number one player on this defense right now, maybe on this team altogether. Plus, he, uh, I think he photobombed their gun and then Brandon Graham on the, the slow walk yesterday as he was coming out. Creepy. And- and I got to say, with with him, and I don't know, I'm buying, it's cheesy as hell, I understand. I am so buying into the 53 Angry Man shirt thing. Like, I love that. I think that's great. I think that is that is exactly what, you know, I know Chip kind of poo-poos the whole thing, but that is awesome. Like, if that is, I don't care if it ends up being a hashtag, just like, you know, the until hashtag, until the job is done, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's a good team-building thing here. And it's interesting that, as much as I, I, you know, I would be considered a chip bot by many people and, you know, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of other folks that feel that way, too. I just think that uh, the criticism that has gone on has actually helped this football team. It, ha- it has like and it's and as ridiculous as the criticisms are, as much as I probably don't disagree with them. Isn't it kind of weird that it might have brought the team together here, though, Sean? I, I don't I don't know how much exact power is behind that, but. You know, to, to have them with this kind of fire, if it's working, should the Eagles fans continue doing it? I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. Look, what was the what's when you look back at those two games, maybe two and a half games, whatever it was, it was the Detroit, it was the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Miami Dolphins game. What was the one thing that's different right now? Sam Sam Bradford. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's it. So, I mean, like, whether or not they believe with Sam Bradford back there, or I like to think, and I think you're on the same page, no, he's a hell of a lot better quarterback than you're giving him credit for, people. Yeah, I know John and myself, we think high of Sam Bradford, and throughout the course of this season, it's just been you scratching your head at some of the takes that people have, because I look at some of these receivers, and again, it plagued them again yesterday with some of the drops. Riley Cooper, right from Jump Street, you have to make that play. When you dial that up the first play of from the scrimmage you got to make that catch it was perfectly placed dropped right there I'm not asking for too much and then Nelson Aguilar in the out which was an important third down conversion to keep the drive going he dropped one so 
look, I, I, I think that's what I'm going to look to. Are you going to sit here and say that, you know, I, like I'm amazed. I think that Chip Kelly deserves a hell of a lot more credit because I thought that this team was lost. When you lose like that, especially on Thanksgiving, my goodness, I didn't think that they would bounce back and then beat the Patriots. They did that. Now they got some momentum. They just beat the Bills. Anything is possible. But I just want to say this, the Arizona Cardinals are a really, really good football team. I think we all agree with that. They got some great, great players, including Patrick Peterson, the Honey Badger back there, Carson Palmer. I mean, you got to give it up to him. He's like 56 years old, and he makes it look (laughs) easy. Bruce Arians is a good coach. This is a tough, tough game, and I believe, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but bottom line is the Cardinals are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite right now coming into the league for next Sunday night's game. So tough game, tough game. Yeah, it is going to be a huge test, and uh, we want to know what everybody else is thinking out there right now, so let's actually head to the BGN Hotline. We want to hear from you. Call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message, and we'll put you on the air. 267-245-6066. That's 267-245-6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. Gentlemen, it is a good day in history. We did this thing called the one again last week. And then we won a game today. So therefore, it's a winning streak. It's happened before, but I am so pleased on how we did. Our defense held up like it did, and it kept that confidence. Sam Bradford kept that confidence. He had that turnover. But you know what? We're going to be good, gentlemen. We're going to be really good. And you know what? I hate whoever we play in the playoffs in about three weeks because we're going to beat the shit out of them. And by that time, we're going to have a fucking really great team, and it's going to be on fire. And we're going to win, gentlemen. We are going to win. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a great team, Craig. And, I, and this is where it's – I think it. I think it's – you know, we're getting caught up in the moment here, and I think that's fine. Uh, there's a couple of people that actually chimed in. You get the same feel as, like, you know, the 08 team and things like that. I don't really know, man. I, 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 I No, I don't. I don't. I don't at all. I think this is just – you know, finally, after the dreck that you have seen against Tampa Bay, against Detroit, and even the the heartbreaking loss in Miami, uh, or against Miami, I should say, is that this feels better. You know, and of course, this feels better because this is semi expected. What you happened? This is what was supposed to happen four weeks ago. You know, that this was supposed to like okay, the uplifting of the team. Now, now is here where they turn the corner and really go on a run here. Uh, they can't go on much of one because the season just isn't left here, Sean. But I don't know. I think I'm happy with the playoff. I'm happy with the playoffs. They win a playoff game. That's great. That's a great outcome of this season. I'm not. And after that, it's kind of house money for me. Yeah, we'll see how this plays out. Um, the 08 season was interesting because if you remember, and if I'm stating this correctly, I want to say that they needed two teams to lose on that final day. The Eagles beat. Uh, was it the Cowboys that final week? And yeah, then- that was the 44 to six. They needed the the Tampa Bay to lose. They needed Chicago to lose, and I think that and uh, one other team to lose. So and it, was- it all happened, and it, it you know like that could happen again. So we're 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 moving in that direction of the 08 comparison. I like where his head's at. I'm just not there yet because again. If the Eagles were able to, or are, they do lose to the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. We'll see how that plays out. Hopefully, I don't think that happens, but you understand where I'm going. Now that, I mean, this is a tough road ahead of them because there's only two football games left. It comes down to the Redskins. We'll see what they do. The Giants, we need them to lose tonight. We need the Dolphins to step up to basically knock them out as well. Um, but 
Right now, I'm not getting that 08 feeling. If they beat the Cardinals next Sunday, that's when you could start talking about that 08 feeling. That's for sure. All right, let's go to Aaron. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Aaron from Illinois, and uh, what a big win tonight, man. Uh, I thought it was a, a really nice team victory, and man, it feels good to shut up with Sean McCoy. I thought it's awesome that uh, our defense really rallied around, really rallied around themselves to shut down the Sean McCoy. Uh, and I, I think it's really cool to see this team use uh, all the criticism that they've got all year and all the all the doubters, um, including myself at times, uh, and really rally around that and turn that into victories. And I, I think that played a huge factor in the last few wins is just all the outside noise that they were hearing. And because these they, these guys know they're good players, they know they've got enough talent to win this crappy division game. I thought it was really cool to see them shut down Lashawn in his homecoming. I thought it was just a really nice team victory. Defense played awesome. And I think the, one of the key plays that really didn't get noticed was Josh Huff's block on a Zachary's big long catch and run. That, that was huge, that pick play, that uh, that little rough. Um, he really sacrificed himself. And I think he should get the game ball for this one because without that play, we're, we're probably not winning the game. But uh, thanks, guys. I really enjoyed the podcast. Yeah, and just like we were talking about, I, I it is interesting I that the, the criticisms have done that and however they've interpreted it that way. And it, but just like you know, this is where I get, come back to is just like there is, there's like been a couple of times where I'm just like that is impossible for it to happen. That is impossible that Chip Kelly just just like doesn't talk to anybody. And that's the thing I think a lot of us get caught up into is just like there's there when it's all one sided like that. We have no idea. We still don't know after three years of this guy coaching this football team. We don't exactly know how he handles his players. We don't know exactly how he communicates with anybody. You hear a lot of the time of, uh, you know, the guys that didn't get along with them. They have the loudest voices. I think that guys like D'Amico Ryans and even Jenkins, who's criticized maybe some of the things, and rightfully so, still has his back. You know, I Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Jason Peters, they've all said and, and, and kind of at least backed him up here a little bit. And I just think that there's, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, the team just doesn't come together. Uh, out of thin air. It doesn't come together just because we're all yelling at them. It just doesn't, it's not how it works exactly. So, I, yeah, what, what is, what does you think, do you think it's just uh, access at that point, Sean? I always, that's always my theory is just the chip doesn't have, doesn't really care about the PR side of things, doesn't really care about, you know, the, the perception of them or anything. And I think that's a good thing to have, but I, I don't know. I just feel like that's, that's exactly why there are, always those stories there's always those inside sources and things of that nature here so it you can't continue you couldn't win this game without a good coach and and somebody to to still contain the locker room here well a few things come to my mind first things first i I always laugh about this my my lifetime experience i was a a gm of a of a company and i i had a you know i was dealing with 18 personalities and you can't pinpoint everybody man you can't just be like we're all going to be one way and one way only that's not how it works and you take that to an nfl locker room 53 monster manly personalities and then you get a couple maybe that aren't on the same page that maybe aren't the strongest, mentally strongest. And I'm talking about a guy like Shady McCoy. I'm talking about a guy like Brandon Boykin, who really didn't say all that much bad about Chip Kelly. But what he did say was, yeah, you'd walk down the hallways and Chip would just be, you know, right to the meetings and just like, hey, how you doing? And just 
keep on about his day where that wouldn't bother a guy like D'Amico Ryans or Jason Kelsey or whatnot. I mean, they're, they're just, they're focused, they're professional. Everybody's got a job to do. But to some other people in the locker room with their personalities, that's not enough. They want Chip to be buddy-buddy with them or whatnot. So that's where immediately my mind goes. We're not all the same. We're not always going to think the same. We're not all robots. But Chip Kelly deserves a ton of credit for keeping this team together, whether or not he rah-rahed him up, whether he was the one that said, you know what, Jeffrey Lurie, go down there and talk to D'Amico Rice. I don't know, or DeMarco Murray. Bottom line is this team was on the out, and it was in the dumps about as bad as it could have been after that loss to the Detroit Lions. That 10 days off, those 10 days off really, really helped them out, and obviously it was no easy task going up to New England and coming away with that victory. But once you did, then you started believing again. And all along, I think that's what it comes back to, is that the majority of these players that have played for Chip Kelly in these first two seasons, now his year three with him, they believe he's talented. He's good. He was 46-7 and seven at Oregon. Come on, man. That's not something you want to just scoff at. 46-7 and seven at a Division One program? <laughs> yeah. He knows what he's doing. That's what it comes back to. And when you go up to New England and you beat the Patriots on the road, you start believing again. Yep, and, that, and uh, the winning kind of cures all that, and hopefully it keeps going here. All right, let's go to Chuck in Oak Park. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? This is Chuck from Oak Park. Uh, just calling to talk about these Eagles who are on a little bit of a win streak right now. It's just good to have uh, a win in the column again. You know, we won against last week against the Patriots. You're wondering what they're going to do this week. They come out and they win it. Was it the perfect game? No, but I think they did a really good job on most on all phases of the game. Exciting way. Uh, I'm, I'm also happy this game's over because I could stop hearing about how Sean McCoy doesn't want to shake Chip Kelly's hand. I mean, everything you hear about, I used to like him when he was on the team, but everything you hear about him now, he comes off as really bitter and it's kind of hard to take his side. So personally, I'm happy he's gone. I'm happy we can move beyond this and we can move ahead to the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know how that game's going to go, but it'll be a good test to see where we're at. Maybe, I don't know. But, you know, hopefully we get the streak going. It's a shame the Redskins couldn't lose today, but we're tied for first in the NFC East. You know, an Eagles win and Star Wars come out this week. Good week for me. So thanks, guys. Keep up the good work, and go Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. We're still talking about it, obviously, Chuck. But the, yeah, I'm I'm also happy you can kind of move past this now. I think th- this week of all weeks, and you're pointing it out. It granted, hey, I want to see Star Wars too. I'm very pumped for that. Pumped for Star Wars and for fucking Arizona Cardinals. That is a good week. That is a great week for a nerd. Oh, and by a the way, fan. that game is brought to you by Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly right, and it's and it's prime time, and it's set up here, and it is a great test. And yeah, this is where this is where you kind of just see how I, I I don't know maybe I'm looking too far into this, but this is how to, for me to see how far they can go. This is the top team in the NFC. I think the uh, the Packers are overrated. Uh, I, I think you have Carolina, Seattle, and Arizona, and those are the three guys, the three teams that you that you have to beat here. So. If this is, and we were talking off air about this a little bit, if they beat Arizona, it is fucking lit. It's lit, and that's and that, I, I think they have to feel that way going into this thing. And I love that they're three and a half point dogs, Sean. Just like you said, I I like that mentality of this, and kind of maybe a wake up call to the it, it. You know, it's on the national stage. They were had three games that were on the national stage at night, and they were they were. Snooze festers. So if this can be the one where it lights the fire for everybody, I don't know. I think it's a good test for their success, really, to see if they can kind of, yeah, we won these two games. Now we're on to this thing. 
uh, is that how you kind of feel too, Sean? Yeah, well, first things first, I would say man dog's got to have another good game. You know, yeah. you have to have Fletcher Cox step up. The The defense has to return to form like it was in the early parts of the season when it was, I believe, top five against the rush. You have to, you know, you got to make the plays. You got to make the, the, the tackles, the, the easy ones, because this Arizona Cardinal team does have playmakers and they will beat you. Uh, you know, Malcolm Floyd, uh, Brown, uh, just, I mean, you can go down the list. They do have some playmakers. Carson Palmer, you're not going to get in his head. You know, he's about as steady as it comes. They only have two losses on the season, and I believe it's the Rams and Steelers, right? I think those are only two yep. losses for the Cardinals this year. You're right about them being one of the best teams in the NFL. I would still give it to Carolina. I think that oh, we all sure. yeah, we yeah. sleep on Carolina a little bit, but I'd still say Carolina's the best team in the NFL. Uh, but Arizona's a very good football team. So it's going to come down to the defense, making the plays. It's going to come down to the link, rocking for Sunday night. And I, I don't care what that spread is. You could throw that out the window. I do think that the Eagles could win this football game on Sunday night. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. All right, let's go to Ryan. Hey, what's going on, John? This is Ryan calling it Wild New Jersey. Just a couple of thoughts from yesterday's game. Really awesome that they got a win. You know, everyone loves wins. But uh, yesterday's game really just made me uh, really made me miss uh, Jordan Hicks even more because. You know, watching those middle linebackers, Kiko and Kendricks, I'm I'm not sure either one of those dudes are, are any good. Uh, it's 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 pretty it's pretty sad. You know that you got the overcommit from Kiko, and you know if uh, if almost tackle for losses were a stat, Kendricks might be an All Pro. But I mean, I feel like you know he he's just missing tackles left and right. Um, really, just uh, you know missing Jordan Hicks right now, and uh, looking for one of those two to step up for this uh, you know potential. Potential run for the uh, NFC East, uh, you know, hopefully NFC East division title. But uh, yeah, just uh, wanted to share those thoughts. Uh, thanks for taking the call. You guys always kill it. All right, take care, guys. Ryan, my man, uh, we all miss Jordan Hicks. We all miss Jordan Hicks for sure. And we we talked about that on the Philly Influencer Pod. Like, is it possible, Sean, that Jordan Hicks controlled a lot of the run game statistics? And how good it was. Like, is that possible that he is that good, Sean? Yes. Man. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the kid showed you. And, you know, look, I, I realize he was a third-round pick. And, you know, there was some people were saying, oh, yeah, it's a little too high for them at that point in time. But... Texas is a pretty damn good program. I know they haven't had the best uh, win-to-loss ratio in the past couple years, and I get that, but bottom line is if you're going to play football at Texas, you better be damn good. And uh, that, uh, he did show you exactly that at, at the University of Texas. So I, I think Jordan Hicks is really good. Um, I also think Kiko Alonso is battling through injury. I know we want to give him shit. I know that's what our mind goes to about the, the trade. Oh, you know, They got the better of that trade. We got Kiko Alonso. And, and Chip's got to eat that. He's got to take that on the chin because he did roll the dice on a guy that uh, has been dealing with some injuries in his past. But I, I think we're going to learn at the end of this season that Kiko Alonso pretty much manned up and played throughout through an injury because he is he's a step slower. I mean, it's as, yep. it's as simple as that. You see it. Uh, but you need some of these other guys to step up. These are these are the moments that I count on Michael Kendricks. Um, you know, Mufasa, Dimiko, I know that he's a little long in the tooth, but he's got to step up. You got to answer the bell. These are winnable football games. It's desperation mode. Everything on the table at this point in time. I miss you, Jordan Hicks. Get healthy. We'll see you next year. Uh, yeah, and we heard him, uh, heard him talking on the Fanatic, uh, I believe, this afternoon on the Midday Show, saying that it, it's, you know, a good sign doesn't really feel like that he's been in pain even since it happened. Uh, so... That, that's good looking forward. And also to Kiko's point, even though he was a step slower, that man was step for step with McCoy in coverage. Step for step. 
So I, I don't want to hear any more about Michael Kendricks and coverage and how he should be there. And speaking of that, I know Matt Daring has been on the the truther train for this for a long time. We even mentioned it too. We thought it, you know, how ridiculously overrated he kind of is to this fan base. And, you know, going back to the whole Mariota situation, we would give it up for him and et cetera. But it's not a great year in his first extension. Uh, he'll make a couple of big, really great splash plays. He had a couple of good tackles against McCoy there. Uh, he's still like an amazing athlete. His side to side, some of his downhill stuff is really impressive. But I just I, for whatever reason, just they're kind of lost there a little bit. So I'm right there with you. Let's go to uh, Craig number two, who's down in Daytona. What's up, Craig? Hey guys, Craig here from Daytona Beach, Florida. Great team win today. Loved what I saw out there. I know the Cardinals are next, but I just want to say I am very eager for the Redskins game. There have been too many close games or tough losses in recent years against them. I feel as if this team is long overdue for delivering an ass whooping to the Washington Redskins. Thanks, guys. Look at that. Already looking looking ahead to the Skins game already. Uh, yeah, well, you know, this, this first one's pretty important. I want to focus on that, but let's talk about that for just a second, Sean. The, it, when you're looking at the rest of the NFC East, I don't know, the schedules, this is where people start looking at schedules, start looking at scenarios. We went through a couple of them even before we came on here. Uh, it's not like that. I don't think anybody here between the Giants, Eagles, and, and uh, Washington have any you, – you can make the argument for who has the, the worst schedule. Washington still has to deal with Buffalo at home. Then they're on the road against the Eagles and Dallas, and not like Dallas is going to be able to kind of help you out here in the end, but it's a division game. Anything can kind of happen here. Where do you see this kind of ending up now? You uh, Obviously, we're recording this before the Monday night game, so you know if Miami kind of pulls this thing out against the Giants, uh, in your mind, it's, it's obviously Eagles win. Uh, everything's taken care of here, but where do you think this kind of ends up now, Sean? Yeah, that's exactly it, but you, you touched on it. I, I, we need the Dolphins to just get the Giants out of here, and I'm not scared of the Giants because Chip has owned the Giants, but... I just, you know, just simplify it. Move them out the way. And then we could focus on Washington, all right? And then with that being said, because it's a home game for the Eagles and they already lost that tough, tough heartbreaker down there in D.C. to start the the, the the season. I know it wasn't week one against them, but it was pretty early in the season. Bottom line is they, they lost that one on the final play. We remember it very well. Uh, Kirk Cousins drove down the field. It was it was a tough loss. Yeah. I still think that the Eagles are a better football team than the Washington Redskins. I am not a Kirk Cousins believer. I think he's showed you flashes this year, but I think you ask anybody in that Washington Redskins front office, hey, you ready to give Kirk Cousins a four or five year deal? I don't think that they're going to say yes 100% across oh, the board. I hope they do, though. So do I. So do I. I am not a believer in the Washington Redskins. Uh, I would love to see them go ahead and and win out. That's fine. And then the Eagles win against the Cardinals. And then that's that game. Like I said, if the Giants lose tonight, basically that game against the Redskins will be for the division. You beat them head to head, even things up. You got now tiebreakers in your favor. So we got a long way to go. But I do know this. If they win out. They're in, Johnny. That's all that matters. And I don't think the Giants have a shot in hell of of winning this division because whatever happens with the Dolphins game tonight, fine. But then you at-home Panthers, at-home Vikings, at-home Eagles. Like, that is – they they probably have the murderer's row of, you know, and that's that's not saying much with the NFC least, but they I think they probably have the toughest schedule. Um, Panthers Panthers is an absolute loss. Panthers are a – just uh, we're going to 
shove it down your throat and you can't stop us. And I don't care if that's on the road, whatnot. Bottom line is the Giants defense, they ain't ready for that matchup. That's for sure. Cam Newton, MVP, without a doubt in my mind. Oh, my goodness. There was a, there was a throw yesterday, just to divert from this, there was a throw yesterday that had a centimeter between the defensive lineman's helmet that he was throwing to and the guy to his right of him, and he somehow threaded that needle. Like, I'm not kidding. I don't know how the ball, it looked like it went through the defender's helmet and it caught for a touchdown. Unbelievable. That guy is unbelievable. Yeah, he, he he's pretty gifted right now, and he's loving every minute of it. He's having the most fun in the ballpark. Did you see him yesterday? He ran from sideline to sideline, cheering the crowd on, getting everybody hype. I mean, he just – and he's a good dude. He hands the touchdown balls out to all the kids. So, I mean, it's not fake. It's real. Uh, you know, Cam Newton, MVP, give it to him right now. So, the Washington game itself will be special because we'll, do, we'll still be doing the three-man weave uh, on the Fanatic as it'll be the reaction show to that. That'll be two weeks from now, but upcoming this week, we got the four-hour show. Thank you to the night crew and NBC for flexing this game out because we get four hours to kind of preview and talk about it. Uh, Brandon Gatton will be there for the second half of that, uh, but we'll be on from 8 a.m. to noon this week, and we'll remind you that on the uh, the preview pod coming up for the Arizona Cardinals. So that's going to do it. Uh, final thoughts from you, Sean. Final thoughts? Um, well, I will say this. I like the Eagles. I like the way they're playing right now. I'm really intrigued. I've been a little reluctant here, even after this Bills victory yesterday. I'm excited. But if they beat the Arizona Cardinals on uh, on Sunday, look out. That's all I'm going to say. Look out. You're talking about one of the hotter teams in the football in the NFL, and I can't believe we're saying that after the disaster that they put out there in consecutive weeks. If they beat the Cardinals, they're one of the hotter teams in the NFL. And you know what that means. Get hot at the right time. Anything's possible. Maybe we'll start talking about 2008 if that's if that starts coming around. Oh, boy. Uh, so for myself, John Barchin, for, of course, the Philly influencer himself at phillyinfluencer.com, Mr. Sean Brace, that's going to do it for episode number 135 of BGN Radio right here on bleedinggreennation.com and libertybroadcast.co. Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcasting. We thank you for choosing ours. 